podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. No, there's pull a U-turn and they're chasing down Sammy Kavara. Sammy's running like a scalded dog. <laughs> Look at him. Oh, oh my god! god. Sammy oh my got run over. Oh my god! Oh boy, that did was he a get clean creamed. shot? And Sammy got clipped. Oh man, street fights, anything goes. You don't see many of these, and here's I, 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 I've, I've never seen a street fight with a golf cart. This is my moment to shine. This is my time for flight. I've been grinding forever just for this very night. I've been pushing for many moments like this. This time is undervalued, and no one ever could miss. This is my chance, moment of bliss. My feelings so enchanted. Many could understand it. These skills out of the planet. Be careful of my philanthropy. The future is mine. Taking it all by design. Knowing so much on the line. Guevara. Sammy Guevara, it's my time just to take flight. It's a brand new episode of the Elita Cinema Geekly's AEW podcast. It is Anthony Lewis along with Nick Montez, and we're here to talk more. AEW Dynamite on TNT. My streak of not watching Dark continues this week as I did not watch number 10 defeat Ryan Piles. Uh, we did see number 10 on the proper episode of Dynamite this week. Uh, he is part of the Dark Order. He's the new recruit that Mr. Brody Lee recruited uh, the previous week. He was uh, in action and won. Sammy Guevara defeating Sean Dean and Colt Cabana, presumably, I didn't see it, but I'm guessing, defeated Kip Sabian. Okay. And uh, that was the, uh, according to Grapple, that was the match of the episode hitting a two and one quarter star rating. So, yeah. Although, I may give Dark a shot for this coming Tuesday because they were promoting it on TV this week as like a big episode of dark. So maybe they've got some good matches. And now that they're kind of out of the quarantine Atlanta, uh, location, they're back in Jacksonville, Florida. Maybe they've got access to more talent and the, the show will be a little bit deeper. So we shall see. Uh, speaking of which, Oh uh, yeah, we are back in Jacksonville. We get a recap of last week's tournament matches. We're back in Jacksonville. There are way more wrestlers in the crowd and kind of scattered and smattered throughout. Did you notice that? I thought there were way more people. Yeah, definitely. It looked like AEW was like maybe 70% strength this week because you had your announcers back and a lot of people that have been missing over the last couple of weeks have only like shown up via video. 
Mm-hmm. You know? So it was nice to see all those faces back. Speaking of which, we opened with one. Joey Janela in the opener against Cody. So I thought this had really good wrestling exchange early, but it devolves into a strike battle pretty quick. Cody uses his technique, uh, his technique advantage to gain control over Joey. But when the fight spills into Joey's turf on the floor, he gets the upper hand. Cody does this really great moonsault off of the stage at Daly's place, lands on his feet. Janela gets this big elbow off the top for a two. Cody hits him with a big reverse superplex off the top, gets a two, hits him with a big Cody cutter, and Joey starts fighting back. There's a big strike trade, and uh, Cody manages to catch him in the crossroads for the win. What did you think of the opener? Uh, For this match, I think I was maybe not in the right mood for it. Mm. I gave it a 2.75. Okay. Um, And I just felt like I honed in too much on some of the awkward moments. I felt like there was a couple spots in this matchup where there was just like maybe some miscommunication or something weird happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But like upon watching the highlights again, I'm like, this is actually a lot better match than I gave it credit for. Yeah. Um, I thought Janela looked wild. I gave him the nickname Big Cat Joey Janela because he had like the lion's mane going on in two different fans. Oh, yeah. You know? Looking real nice. It was good to see him back on TV. Joey uh, Exotic. Yeah. Joey, yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, I I really liked it. Uh, I thought it was a really solid opener, and uh, I I don't know. I I guess I just I didn't notice the uh, the awkwardness. I mean, I, I I totally trust your judgment, so I presume it was there. But I. Uh, Maybe I was distracted or busy taking notes or something, and I just happened to miss them. But I thought they worked relatively well together. I thought it was a pretty good opener. I went three and a quarter stars, which uh, I think may have been about... I got to open Grapple now, uh, or reopen it, that is. And uh, that was a little bit above Grapple. They settled at a 3.13. For. I wonder if I was just like in a weird mood for it or something because I really honed in on like a couple things in the match mm-hmm. that just like bugged me. I don't know. Didn't hate you. Uh, <laughs> they do a Nyla Rose, like a promo video on Nyla's dominance. Tony Schiavone is out on the ramp to interview her as she is coming out to the ring for her match. Basically just tells Schiavone off to sit his ass down, go do his job. She's going to be dominant forever, you know, that sort of thing. It, it, there wasn't much to it, but it was a, a great moment for Excalibur to call Tony the human mic stand, which <laughs> popped JR. And Tony's first words when he sat down, he's like, well, I guess I'm going to sit my ass down and do my job. <laughs> Nyla Rose versus Kenzie Page. And they noted that Kenzie is only 18 years old, but she bumped really good for Nyla. She looked good. Nyla murdered her here. Picked her up off of a swanton bomb, so she gave her the swanton, tried to went for the cover, but lifted her head up to stop the count. Gave her two consecutive power bombs and then the beast bomb for the win. Not much here to note, Nick, but what did you think? It was solid. It was a decent squash match there. Uh, definitely a 1.5 worthy. Um, there was a funny spot in this matchup where uh, they had the camera on MJF cheering, and uh, he tells the cameraman to back up. It's too close. Oh, yeah. Hey, buddy. Hey, social distancing. <laughs> and he had a protective mask that was, of course, Burberry scarf material. So. Beautiful. <laughs> of course. 
yeah, I thought, I don't know. I went a little bit higher. I, I, I went with a two, but I think it was just because everything looks so good. And uh, this page girl was a, a bump machine. I thought she looked really good. I actually saw people say that maybe they should think about offering her a contract and like, ah, I don't know if you should do that just yet. They still got some work to do in that women's division. I don't know if they should just be signing up people left and right, but sure. grapple gave this a uh, 1.72. So in between you and me on that one, they, they were MJF. This is a backstage interview or filmed somewhere. Presumably on a green screen, if we're being honest. I think this is like where they do the, uh, uh, where they sometimes do those, the, the big AEW dark control center, uh, pieces from with the floor and the, and the wall, but whatever it was, MJF was, was there, says that everybody in this business is insecure. They compare him to legends, but he's only 24 years old and he's ratings and money and he has it more than any of those. Uh, naysayers or critics have in their entire body. He's not The Rock. He's not Roddy Piper. He's not Ric Flair. He's not like any of those people. He's nothing like the business has ever seen. Says that he is now injury-free and will be back in the ring next week. This was pretty good. It was. It was cool, and they uh, worked a little set play in the back there, moving his throne in at the end. Yes, his chair and moving his throne in, and he never sits in it because he says that he will be doing that next week when he gets into the ring. So good stuff. And maybe a little bit of a ping at Cody who is the breaker of thrones. So there is that. Speaking of promo, Sean Spears, he cuts this promo essentially on Cody about Dustin and about how Cody let him down last week and everything that Dustin went through. It could have been stopped by Cody, but he chose not to do it. And it looks like they're maybe setting up for a Sean Spears, Dustin Rhodes match. I think I presume that's where they're headed with that, but I thought that was okay. And then at ringside Spears and MJF essentially fawn over each other at ringside. Those two are pretty funny together. I think. Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, Frankie Kazarian with some hair versus John Moxley in a (laughs) non-title match. Uh, I wrote here a lot of hard hitting, but fairly basic wrestling for the most part. Mox eventually dumps Kazarian to the ramp. They fight on the floor through a break, but Kazarian cuts him off, starts firing back, hits this nice slingshot DDT, gets him a near fall, hits the Tamakazi. That gets him a two count as well. Mox fires back with his big clothesline, but it's not enough to close the gap on Kazarian, who is still in charge. When, out of nowhere, Mox schoolboys him and into a uh, a snap paradigm shift for the win. Before we talk about the post-match, what did you think of uh, the, the actual match? This was my favorite match this week. Oh, really? Um, okay. Dude, I, I don't know what it is, but whenever I just see some old-school wrestling, it's refreshing to me. Just mm-hmm. some good old mat wrestling. It really stands out with all the diving and things that go on today, all the excess that you see. Sure. So... They just had me the whole time. I really appreciated the work these guys put in. I thought the ending was sweet with that like kind of rolling paradigm shift. That yep. very cool. Um, rated this one a three point two five. I loved it. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. I I wasn't on the same page. Maybe it's um, maybe it's just a like a how we approach things. 
uh, type situation or, or like what mood we were in when we watched the show. Like I was okay. This was, uh, this was above average, but I don't know. Nothing really, uh, I didn't really get sucked into it. I'm not really sure why, but yeah, I guess I just wasn't really feeling it that much. I thought it was good above average. I went two and three quarter stars, but yeah, it didn't quite hit that, that three star, uh, it didn't quite hit that three star mark for me. Poe. Oh, I guess we should do the grapple, the grapple thing. Uh, grapple liked it more than me. They gave it 3.1. Oh, okay. Yeah. A little bit closer. Well, in different places this week, you and I. Yes. I mean, you know what? That's okay. Uh, that is okay. Post-match, Dark Order attacks uh, John Moxley. SCU tries to make the save, but it is thwarted. And Ten, of course, is out there as well. You'll never not be able to notice him because he's bigger than all of the rest of them and also shirtless. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Brody comes out, and he takes out Mox with Lariat grabs the microphone and says he's here to pick the bounty that Moxley put on himself. There's no crowd. There's no crowd energy. The beating he took, that's the only energy he's going to feel now. He wants big platinum. He doesn't say that, but I love that Cody calls the belt big platinum. So <laughs> I'm, I'm adopting that nickname for my own purposes. He wants big platinum. The AEW championship dares Moxley to answer his challenge, kicks him in the face, Moxley says, dude, all you had to do was ask. Brody orders all of the uh, the Dark Order guys to kill him all over again. Uh, so what do you think of this? What do you think of this direction? Because, uh, you know, I, I think Brody Lee, if you just look at the numbers, has the... You could argue he has a claim to make due to how many wins he has, but the wins have not been over quality opponents. So, I know this is like him directly attack, attacking Moxley, and it seems like they're going to do with Moxley a thing where, you know, he's just going to defend the title against anybody who wants it. But, I don't know, this felt like, especially since they announced this later in the show as being part of the pay-per-view, it feels weird that they aren't doing something with like MJF instead, where it felt like he, he was the one who was headed towards the world title match after getting the win against Cody at revolution. So what, what do you think about the direction? Oh, uh, I'm okay with it because I know Brody's going to give Mox an excellent match. They're going to work well together and probably have a really awesome, potentially violent main event. I think so. It's just going to be a good match. Mm -hmm. um, and it also kind of gives Mox a little bit more purpose than just being the guy with the belt right now since everyone else is kind of involved in their feuds. Mm -hmm. um, I agree. It is shoehorned. We're like, what, two weeks away from the pay-per-view? Yeah. And he really didn't have any main story because he's been fighting Hager over the last month or so. Yep. Uh, so this is way better than putting Hager on pay-per-view oh, again. Oh, yes. Him. Yes. And uh, while it doesn't line up with the uh, ranked challenge, I would say since the TNT title tournament's going on, we really haven't been focusing on ranked competition. And since Mox kind of put out a challenge anyways, I'm, I'm okay with this. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it is shoehorned, but it's going to be a good match, and I'm sure the next two weeks are going to have a nice build to it. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I can totally see that. And I, I even agree. I even agree to, to an extent, and I think it will be a good match. So 
we we do have that to look forward to, and it, and obviously all of this has thrown everything that they had in store, uh, or everything that they had planned. I think that's thrown it all out of whack. I don't think that these are, with the exception of Lance Archer and Cody, I don't think that the matches they've announced so far were matches they were planning. Maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't feel like this is what they were planning for Double or Nothing. Uh, mainly because I feel like they would have started the build for it earlier, but there was so much uncertainty about will the show even happen? Will it get canceled? If it gets canceled, where are we going to be able to hold it at? Uh, that sort of thing. So I, I'm, I, I mean, maybe I'm going to be wrong on this, but I feel pretty confident that this isn't the original card they had in mind for the show. I agree with you. I definitely think it was a, a change. Um, I was going to say earlier today, I got a little advertisement on Instagram from IWTV where they were advertising uh, a past CZW event they put up in which the main event is Mox taking on Brody Lee. Oh, cool. So, you want to see a little preview of what this match is going to be like and not WWE style, that might be worth checking out. Absolutely. I mean, that's that service is worth checking out anyway if you just want to get interested into indie wrestling. And uh, while we don't particularly have a, a discount code or anything like that, not, not a sponsor of this show, uh, there are plenty of places out there where you can get like a free uh, month trial or whatever I think it is of independentwrestling.tv. Oh, yeah. So, yes, uh, totally worth checking out, for sure. Uh, Brandy Rhodes, she is uh, has produced a video in which she responds to Jake Roberts and everything that she is, or that he has said about her and Cody. So basically, she's saying that she kind of knows what's up here. She says that this is not 1991 anymore. He knows... <laughs> What Jake Roberts wants to do. He wants to corner her in the ring, probably with Lance Archer there to make her feel tiny and scared. They want to turn her into the damsel in distress so that her hero, her husband, Cody, can come to her rescue and fall into their trap. But that sort of thing isn't going to work today. Brandy says that her mother once gave her some advice. Don't fuck with people you don't know. And Jake Roberts doesn't know Brandy Rhodes. So... Pretty good. She's uh, some of her delivery feels a little, uh, a little rehearsed. I guess like I can hear it in her voice. Like she's trying really hard to deliver it well, and it is. I think for the most part delivered well. But I can, to me, I can hear a little bit of, uh, I don't know, plastic on it. Does that make sense? Like, I, it, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It it feels not completely genuine. But it's not bad. It's I think it's a good delivery. It's just I don't hear it and think like that's how people talk normally. But for the most part, I liked it though. I think I did too. I thought she had a lot of fire behind her words, and uh, the line about this not being 1991 had me laughing. That was some nice shade she threw at Jake Roberts. Yes. Uh, the announcers let us know that there will be a casino ladder match to determine the number one contender for the AEW World Championship. At Double or Nothing also announced, weirdly, MJF and Jungle Boy at Double or Nothing, which, I mean, I, I know that they've had, like, some kayfabe spats on Twitter or whatever, but I don't think it's been anything that's really played into television at all, so that just seems kind of out of the blue. And uh, John Moxley defending the AEW World Championship against Mr. Brody Lee. 
also backstage, this segment didn't amount to much. Taz is hanging out with Darby Allen, asks Darby to comment on his recent loss to Cody. And he's like, uh, Taz is trying to be like, hey, man, I, I you, you pinned yourself. Happens to the best of us. I, I'd be more than willing to sit down and give you some advice. And Darby doesn't want to talk to him and walks off. Mr. Brody versus Christopher Daniels is announced for next week, along with a four-way women's match, Jericho in action, and uh, the Jurassic Express against Best Friends. Is that the... What's the big match for next week, then? Is that the... The women's four-way, maybe? Maybe, yeah. I I can't think of another bigger match beyond that. I mean, to me, the tag match is the big one. (laughs) What, for next week? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they they haven't announced a bigger match, so I'm guessing that's the four way, and it's a uh, Sheeta, Britt Baker, Penelope Ford, and oh, I'm blanking, Chris Statlander, I believe, is the four way. Main yeah. event time: Lay Sex Gods, Sammy Guevara, Chris Jericho, against the team of Kenny Omega and Broken Matt Hardy in a street fight. And pretty much everybody came dressed for a street fight, uh, with the exception of Matt Hardy. Uh, this match was crazy. This was this ended up being my favorite match of the show, and I think it's because it just put me in a good mood. And I don't know if I was in like the greatest mood watching it, and it sort of pulled me out of it. I think so. Everybody's brawling uh, all over ringside. When Tony Schiavone announces that we know that Jericho's in action next week, but we just found out that his opponent is going to be Pineapple Pete. And <laughs> Jim Ross and Excalibur are like, what? <laughs> and this, this finally has a payoff. Does this mean that Shug D is gone? Like, they, they, Pineapple they, Pete now? Yeah, they referred to him whenever he was on screen as Pineapple Pete. Like, Jericho wasn't there to call him that. They just called him that. So, apparently, Shug D is dead. Pineapple, <laughs> Long live Pineapple Pete. Who, long live Pineapple Pete. <laughs> that might be the episode title uh, yeah. for this week. So, Sammy Guevara got his knees up on a Kenny Moonsault. Jericho and Matt are fighting to the back. Jericho comes back for a two-on-one, uh, just beating on Kenny for a while, when all of a sudden, 90s... Matt Hardy of Hardy Boys with a Z comes out to make a comeback. Side effect goes for the pin on Sammy, but it's broken up by Jericho. Hits Jericho with a twist of fate, but that pin gets broken up by Sammy Guevara. Uh, Kenny gets in there, gives Sammy Guevara the snapdragon. Then Jericho hits Kenny with a bat. And I believe the bats were inner circle labeled or themed or branded. I, I remember at some point seeing the bat and I saw inner on the bat. And I'm like, do they have like inner circle bats? That's funny. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. Yeah. I just saw the inner, but I presumed that it was inner circle branded. I don't know. So Sammy Guevara goes up to the top, goes for a shooting star press, but misses plunder is pulled out. Matt Hardy puts Sammy Guevara through a table. Hager lays out Omega during a commercial break. This match spills to the backstage area of Daly's place, which as the announcers note is also connected to the football stadium where the Jacksonville Jaguars play. And uh, there's just fighting all over the place. Jake Hager and Chris Jericho literally stuff Matt Hardy into an ice box uh, where you pull bags of crushed ice out of. They stuff him into one of these things. 
presumably to entomb him forever, although it does not work. Kenny comes in with a trash can. He fights both off, grabs Sammy Guevara, hits a great-looking running powerbomb into this garage door. Everyone's just grabbing shit, hitting each other with whatever they get their hands on. And then, at the time, what I thought was the peak of professional wrestling, Matt Hardy emerges from this ice chest. And Excalibur is trying to let everybody know that it is the Damascus version of Matt Hardy. Because we've seen broken Matt at the beginning of this match. Then we saw the 90s Matt Hardy. And now we've seen Damascus. And Tony Schiavone says, Damascus emerges from the ice! (laughs) And Jim Ross, as dryly as humanly possible, asks a most important question with a tope and Tony says, no, <laughs> he, I, then I could, I, I died. I was laughing so hard. I had to pause the show. I was just imagining Matt Hardy bursting from this ice chest with a tope. And it was, it was comedy to me, but Jim Ross was so fucking funny with that line. I thought, uh, but, and Tony Schiavone, it sounded like he had been transported back to calling the Yete coming right to ringside damascus emerges from the ice uh, <laughs> it's just so fucking silly uh i loved it uh matt gets into this golf cart sort of the, this couldn't have been a golf cart this thing was way too fast to be a golf cart but he runs down chris jericho clips him and then then we get the peak of professional wrestling as oh. kenny omega gets into this golf cart and they chase down Sammy Guevara, who is sprinting his ass off. And Kenny, they get this beautiful shot of Sammy sprinting towards the camera. And Kenny is like pointing and screaming at him like, we're going to get you. And then Sammy turns around and takes this bump into the speeding golf cart. Just unbelievable looking bump. I wrote here, uh, this is, uh, Sammy takes this amazing bump in the peak of what is professional wrestling. So it's all downhill from after this. I thought that was amazing. Kenny then ascends the, to the sky in a scissors lift and then does just an incredible freaking moonsault off of the scissors lift onto everybody. It looks like he's about to win. He's going to give Chris Jericho the one winged angel on concrete. When Santana and Ortiz arrive, they are there in this building as well. They attack Omega and Hardy, powerbomb Matt Hardy through a table. They powerbomb Kenny Omega onto the the golf cart thing. And Jericho hits the Judas effect on Omega for the victory. And afterwards, all of the inner circles celebrate together by giving the camera a middle finger. As in the background of the football stadium, a big inner circle logo appears on the stadium's big screen as they celebrate. (laughs) What a what an ending! What did you think of the main event? It was a lot of fun, um, and <laughs> there's just so much goofy shit going on here. What a spectacle! Yes, <sighs> Matt Hardy changing three times in one match was <laughs> thing of beauty. <laughs> what the hell? Yep. Oh, pro wrestling is so much fun sometimes, and it's stuff like this that really makes it a blast. The goofiest. Um, but even Matt Hardy, like, biting Sammy's hand at the start of the match was hilarious. Yes. And uh, I believe JR made the Devon get the tables call at one point. He did. Of course. <laughs> um, and I've already seen uh, the scene with Sammy getting run over, like, mean to death today. Oh, I bet. 
the best one being obviously Omega and Matt representing me and the boys and Guevara being a cold one. That was a good one. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that um, Kenny took that dive off the scissors lift. That was incredible. That was crazy. Um, Like I thought he was going to just flip off of where he was standing, but he actually climbed to the top of the, like the top safety rail of the scissor lift and did it from there, which is nuts. And it was pretty, it was gorgeous looking. It was a gorgeous looking moonsault, but holy shit. What a, what a lunatic. Can't say that man's not an athlete. That was incredible. No, he's ridiculous. Um, I loved it. I gave it, um, three and three quarter stars. Yes, sir. That's what I gave this one as well. Three and three quarter stars. This is probably the best empty, Asterix arena match I've seen in quite some time, and I've seen a lot of them lately. Uh, I say Asterix because this arena wasn't entirely empty, and everybody who was at ringside all followed them to the back. It felt actually kind of crowded back there, all things considered. And, uh, you know, they did a lot of smoke and mirrors, but damn, was that a lot of fun. I, I, I really needed that one, I think. So, yeah. Uh, grapple. Gave this one a 3.99. Wow. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. For sure. It was. It was a good way to end the show. Yes, absolutely. 100% agree. And I, this felt like one of the best episodes of AEW in the pandemic era in a while. Since maybe the first uh, or second pandemic show where... It's 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 been it's been rough going. Like the shows have been okay, but this one felt like it had more life and energy to it than uh, we've seen in previous weeks. So I'm all for it. All right, dude. So uh, that's a wrap for this week's episode. Head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives of the show, and of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Just search for the elitists hit subscribe and that way you can come back next time and here's talk about more aew dynamite on tnt this is probably not the main event but featuring chris statlander versus penelope ford versus Britt baker versus hikaru shida Put it all on the line in the same night Hustle my way just to get this moment There is no doubt that we own it The future is mine I got so much on the line